Hi everyone, we will talk today about Hospital IQ, a company that provides an operations management software platform that uses artificial intelligence, enabling health systems to achieve peak operational performance that improves patient access, care delivery, and staff productivity. Hospital IQ is helping over 100 hospitals and health systems across the country to deliver optimized surgical resource alignment, patient flow, and staff scheduling capabilities. I'll be joined today by two industry veterans who are passionate about supporting hospital leaders and frontline managers to create operational excellence. The first guest is Sean Safton. Sean serves as the Chief Nursing Officer and VP of Client Operations. She's a registered nurse and has more than 30 years combined clinical and consulting experience. Prior to joining Hospital IQ, Sean was a director at PwC Health Advisory Practice, where she led operational and financial improvement engagements at a number of health systems. And our second guest is Jason Harbour. As Chief Operating Officer and Chief Strategy Officer, Jason is the driving force behind Hospital IQ's product strategy. He brings more than 10 years of experience in healthcare technology, data analytics, and product management. Prior to joining Hospital IQ, he was the VP of Product Management of Teletracking Technologies. Welcome to GU Section Podcast. Sean, Jason, great to have you here. Hi, Oscar. Really nice to be with you today. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. Let's start with your backgrounds and cliff notes on your careers. Sean, let us know what were you doing before joining Hospital IQ? I'm a long-time practitioner, so started at the bedside, a nurse, rose to senior leadership positions. From there, I was recruited by PricewaterhouseCooper, where I was a director in their advisory practice doing clinical operations for probably 10 years. And three years ago, in that role, I met Hospital IQ and was wowed by the you know, movement of digital health and technology and software and where it is taking us in the industry using machine learning and AI and the stars lined up and I was able to join the team. And now I serve as their CNO and VP of clinical solutions. And how about you, Jason? So I came fresh out of college and began working in healthcare IT at 22. And the company I worked for is a company named Teletracking Technologies initially out of Pittsburgh. And, you know, the domain that I worked in was capacity management and patient flow. And, you know, throughout my career from that point forward, I've focused on building new products to solve capacity management and patient flow problems for hospitals and health systems. And I did a great run, you know, did a lot of great things, built a lot of great products. About five years ago, I joined Hospital IQ. And one of the biggest reasons for that was, you know, seeing the opportunity that you could apply those principles and help in nearly any, every domain, you know, in the ORs, in the clinics, you know, in an infusion center, you know, over and over and over again how we could really help the way health systems work every day. So been here for about five years now, continually innovating, a lot of fun. And uh, today I operate in the capacity of our COO and chief strategy officer. That's fantastic. And so before we have a deep dive, we'd love to learn about the high-level overview of Hospital IQ and your company. So our goal at Hospital IQ is to improve the way health systems work. And we really do that through three different ways, obviously through great technology as well. So 
our goal is to help organizations dynamically manage their capacity. You know, sometimes you need more, sometimes you need less. Capacity can be physical capacity inside of the organization. It can also be your staff capacity. The second thing that we try to do for organizations is ensure that their staff are prepared. And the way we do that really is to make sure that every frontline leader has exactly what they need to make the best decisions possible. And then finally, our technology is built to remove operational silos. You know, one of the things that you see no matter in any healthcare setting is that healthcare is really a team sport. So it takes more than one person to make things work. So we want to make sure people are connected and collaborating at all times. And we do this using uh, modern day technology, you know, obviously using data machine learning, AI, automation, communication, all to elevate the way organizations are working and their frontline staff are working to ensure that everybody's working top of their license and we're making a big impact on how they run their organization every day. We'd love now to understand better your product offering and, you know, secret sauce behind your tech. Talk to us about your current products and, you know, what is the secret sauce behind the tech that you're selling to hospitals? No, great question. So the products that we sell today, you know, really all operate on a foundation of data, right? And you know that data is so important for making decisions and improving organizations' productivity and understanding where an organization is performing at any one time. But to use data in real time, it takes so much more than just the raw data itself. The secret sauce inside of Hospital IQ is really about automating practices and predicting activities that can happen in the future. So if we can automate the way people work, people have more time. And if we can predict you know, activities that are happening in the future, they can mitigate the issues in advance. We're a firm believer that every healthcare leader, every frontline worker, they are great at what they do. And if we can give them the time and insight, great things happen. And that's how we use our automation to really unlock that for organizations. Now, we primarily do that in two areas today where that we really focus on. One is across inpatient settings at a hospital and health system level, where we automate discharge practices and staffing practices across an organization. We also do that in the ORs, where we go very deep on their capacity management principles, managing their blocks, and then also optimizing the way they're using their staffing across the organization to ensure that those cases can continue to flow in. And that's especially been important throughout you know, COVID-19 as well. Okay. And so, Sean, given your clinical background, can you please provide, you know, more insight into the nationwide staffing shortage and burnout crisis and, you know, how Hospital IQ is helping with that? So I think anecdotally and also, you know, from academic reading, the shortage is something that we've been dealing with way before COVID. So for many, many years in particular, and I think it's important to point out originally it was also, you know, the worry was more around the specialty area. So EDs, ICUs, ORs, where you have nurses who go there after, you know, doing their time on med surge floors and, you know, want the specialty and then they go there and they stay there 20 years. I know as a young nurse, I wanted to be an ICU nurse and spent my years there, you know, doing my med surge and then went to the ICU. And there I met veterans who had been there 20 or 30 years. They spend their career there. So the original literature was telling us that there was a great worry about that. And around this time right now, so I was reading this five years ago and it was predicting in, you know, 2022, 2023, that there was going to be issues, you know, around those specialty areas and also in the leadership, because the leadership was of an age of retirement. So, you know, you're not only going to have maybe 
the staffing nurses leave, but now you have the leaders who would be there to train the younger nurses. But we're seeing fast forward now that we're here, that it's not just the specialty areas. We're actually seeing it across the board, even in some of our younger nurses who have, you know, just gotten out of school and maybe done two or three or four years and, you know, really struggling with the career choice and thinking about maybe a different decision. We actually did a survey, um, Hospital IQ, and we looked at 200 registered nurses. And a key figure was that 90% of those nurses are thinking about leaving the profession. And again, I think COVID has exacerbated that, but it was happening already. Already. And there's key things that they're dealing with that, you know, as you and I were talking earlier before we started a podcast of things that are really still worrisome around ratios and around, you know, schedules and also other career choices. So we're very concerned about this in profession in general. Okay. Let us switch gears now to the business side of things. Talk to us about your core business model and unit economics. Anything more you can share about it? You know, one of the things about our business is that, you know, when you talk about the problems that we solve, you know, we use automation and technology. So obviously we provide subscription software to organizations to get better. But when you think about that and you think about people like Sean, who we're talking with, and honestly, the dynamics that organizations are dealing with right now, that it takes so much more than software to be successful. So we have an organization fit, you know, we have many clinicians, performance excellence resources, experts side by side with our clients every single day to make sure that they're able to tackle the next hurdle, that they're able to work through the issues. I mean, Sean was giving great insight. I mean, with 90%, you know, thinking about leaving and, you know, our survey even showed us more that, you know, mental health issues, you know, depression, things, you know, just very difficult circumstances that, that organizations need a partner. So we've actually built our organization, not just to build great technology, but to really operate as a partner as well, because the dynamics will change. Like hopefully this working environment improves for everyone, but there'll be another hurdle to get ahead, you know, once we get through that. So we really look at every client as a partner, you know, within our business as well. Yeah, and I would add to that, again, I think having the clinical component to our company was very wise on our leadership, Jason being one of them and our CEO, Rich Kruger, understanding that it's important to have people who have walked the walk so that when you go in and you start to do those assessments, you really can credentialize yourself that you've been there and done that. And I know that's a cliche, but it's really true. And giving you know organizations that window into the future and helping them start to see that you know the tools and the tool sets and the solutions can start to make the difference. I mean, one of our mottos is know what's coming. And I think it's really, really true. When you can tell a nurse or you can tell a leadership or you can tell an organization, we're going to help you see what's coming. We're going to let you know what your census is going to be seven days out. We're going to let you know how to staff that in seven days so that you can do mitigations in between. It resonates so purely with organizations as they try to get on top of not only the nursing shortage, but their business imperatives. And it's even more crucial right now as we recover from COVID. You said before that you're treating your customers as your partners. Is there any customer story, any case study that you can share with us you know, and tell us how you work with them and how you change their status quo? 
I think in the periop side of it, we have really come in and revolutionized some of our organizations, really high-performing organizations that really needed to understand their business and have that foresight of understanding what's coming. I think one in particular started as a small, their uh, medical center, so their level one test of concept. I remember the chief of surgery saying to us, it's got to be as easy as doing an email. And we met that and he still quotes it to our other clients when he references for us. They told me this and it's true, but we ended up being able to go in there and start to make a difference and have them get aligned and understand their book of business, understand all of their rich analytics, manage their blocks and be able to give insight an opportunity for their surgeons to actually see what was going on and then be able to go into the staffing part of it. And because we've got all that consolidation and they understand what's going on now, they can staff appropriately. So imagine staffing to demand and then creating an organization that you're not running around at the last minute at three o'clock to beg, borrow, and steal to have people stay. I think the success of that story that I'm telling you is that they have moved us to 16 of their sister and community hospitals. So they understand the value. They understand now that they can have a full dashboard and full insight to everything that's going on in their system. And so we're driving value in their business unit. We're driving value for their surgeons and their satisfaction. And we're also driving value in their staffing. So it's a full complement of really taking the business. And now they have that insight of what's coming and they can be more planful. And they're really, you know, have become one of our star sites. You know, another great example of a shining client of ours would be Health First in Melbourne, Florida. You know, four hospitals within the health system, different dynamics across all four hospitals. And what we set out to do with them are really three things. Create complete transparency across the four organizations so they were able to understand where they set at any one time. We wanted to standardize their discharge practices to really elevate the game between nursing, case management, their physicians to get ahead of discharging patients. And the final component of our work with them was really to balance their staffing as an enterprise and be able to staff all four facilities and keep them running smoothly. And they've deployed our tool set, you know, over the last several years, really amazing transformation. A couple, like one culturally, just a center of excellence and and always looking to perform and innovate culturally. The second is, uh, you know, discharge collaboration is at an all-time high. And what that really means is people are operating at the top of their license. They're moving and working together in the right ways. And on the staffing front, really maximizing their resources, deploying their float pool across the multiple facilities, making sure that there's always the right nurse and right tech inside of the organization. You know, often when we talk about the staffing issues inside of organizations, you naturally go to nurses. But the techs and having that care team on the floor is so important. And in an organization like Health First, where you're able to balance and you're able to maneuver, they're able to support their nurses in different ways. Because if you are losing a tech or losing, that means that nurses' workloads getting heavier and they're moving toward more menial tasks as well. So, you know, we've done a great job there. You know, every single day at Health First, to cap it off, hundreds of employees are engaged using our technology. You know, they are constantly collaborating across time. They've seen decreases in some of their core KPIs, like ED hold times, turn times through their ancillary departments, all improve nearly 30%. And they continue to improve their staffing as well, where this is an interesting thing, you know, for the staffing is when you get to the nuances of staffing, one of the most unsuccessful or maybe emotional thing for a nurse is when you end up finding out you're not going to work where you thought you were going to work. 
And that's when you have a core unit you're associated to and you expect to come into work and go to that core unit. But because of the imbalances, you're sent off into a new unit with new people, new patients, different practices, and you don't even know where the equipment is. And at Health First, we decrease that movement 44%. So we're keeping people where they want to work and you know where they're supposed to work and where they're best trained to work too. So it's creating a better environment for their nursing teams as well. Okay. And so Jason, how do those metrics connect with your long-term, you know, vague plans and the future of the company? Ultimately, you know, we want to maximize the capacity of every organization we work with and give back time to every individual that we work with. So each of those KPIs that I talk about give more capacity, more nursing capacity, more physical capacity to the organization. So you know, we really see ourselves in that instance achieving our vision. And then if we can keep doing that and we can do that at scale because of our great technology, we can make our dent in healthcare. And you know, every day that we wake up and Sean and I are on the phone or we're on a video video chatting. It's who do we do it with next? How do we move the ball a little bit further? And not only to do it in the inpatient settings, like I just talked about, or like Sean talked about the ORs, but to do it in every setting across healthcare, because really the things that we're talking about, getting people the right workload, ensuring that we have the right capacity for our communities, it can be done everywhere. Do you want to mean by that, that, you know, your growth would be more horizontal and vertical in the future? You know, from a growth perspective for the business, we have great products right now and we're getting adoption. You know, one of the things as a business person, I always talk about product market fit, right? When you achieve product market fit, you know, because the buying friction, you know, goes away. You begin to, the, the early adopters are now evangelizing and you're moving. If anybody's ever read or, or seen charts about crossing the chasm. You know, it's classic business and product development discussion. You know, we have great capabilities that are crossing the chasm, moving into, you know, there's great growth for hospital IQ and what we do today. So I want to be clear on that. But just behind that, you have new areas that haven't been innovated on yet. You can dedicate your entire career. And if I'm lucky enough, I will dedicate my entire career to it. That you'll just be bringing a new thing into that hype cycle and you'll be pushing it through and taking it to mainstream. And could you share with us any recent lessons learned when it comes, you know, to either customer talks or clients you close or, you know, anything that happened in those relationships in the last couple of months? I think, Oscar, we spend so much time making sure through our continuum. So you have, you know, obviously the sales cycle, but we have such strong implementation teams and then client success teams that we really stay. And I said this earlier, elbow to elbow with our clients. And we really are able to go in and specifically meet them where they're at. So go in, we're not cut out of a box, cut and paste. We're able to go in and meet them where they're at, understand their business, understand what they're trying to accomplish and start the journey with them. So we may start at point A, but no, we need to get to point Z because that's what their imperative said. And so we are able to do that very strategically. And again, it goes back to what Jason said. It's a partnership, you know, so lessons learned for us. I think what we continue to do is iterate on that part. We have come to the realization how important it is to understand the uniqueness of every organization. And a lot of that is their culture, right? A lot of that is their culture. You're in cardiology. You understand that, you know, you may go in and it's a hospital and it has inpatient beds and it has an OR. And if a joint commission comes along, they're going to survey them the same way. But that's not necessarily true, right? 
there are certain aspects and certain nuances of each of those business units and the way that they operate, the way that they integrate. And so I would say, you know, lesson learned for us, and it's just being on that that continuum is to just continue to iterate on how we provide the services and bring the software to make sure that it's optimized and it's used in the full capabilities that it offers. So I think that's where we really work and focus. We have an incredible engineering team and data scientist team that is really constantly innovating. I think that's exciting about us. You know, we can come with use cases or problems and they help us solve it right away. But I think, again, if I had to say, what do we do when we are constantly evaluating ourselves is really around, you know, how we're delivering and making sure that we are really on the top of the game of that so that the success is palpable, that the ROI to the organization is happening, and that, you know, they're taking um, full advantage of all the solutions. And I think in the end, my last comment is we're being successful at it because we're continuing to grow, we're continuing to, you know, it's resonating in the industry, even in the organizations like UH that I mentioned to you before, starting with one, now we're in 16. And then they've also passed us off to other health systems. And I think it's resonating. So I think that's how I see lessons learned. I don't know, Jason, what are your thoughts? Well, I 100% agree on the client front, especially me as a, you know, if you fancy yourself as an innovator, you can run right past your client, right? That's just so natural because you want to see the future, you want to be the future, and they're not ready for the future. So you need to take them on their journey and you need to understand your problems that your clients have today to take them to that future. So I think that's a huge lesson learned for us. I'd say the other thing is with COVID, you know, it's just been such a difficult environment. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, obviously for the frontline, it was very tough, even for the administrators and the managers and everyone else. It's been incredibly difficult. The thing that we're starting to see, people are trying to solve new problems again. It's not just about solving COVID and getting through COVID. It's time to work through the problems. And I think that's, you know, as someone in healthcare that's trying to make it better every single day, that's really exciting because you're starting to see some light where we can all make a really big impact. And ultimately, like our goal, one final comment would be that you know, our goal, one phrase we use internally quite a bit is sustainable change. That's our goal in every organization. We don't want to go move one of those numbers and then six months later, it falls back down. And the technology, the meeting the clients where they are, building a roadmap that makes sense, that all leads to sustainable change. And that's been you know something to really think about through COVID as well. Let us wrap up with one of my favorite questions to ask. Tell us more about your recent inspirations. It could be anything, you know, from books to movies to YouTube videos. Is there anything you'd say our audience should, you know, listen, watch or, or see? Inspirational. I think that I have been inspired greatly by medical professionals who have made that journey through the COVID times. I'm in awe and I've been in those shoes and I'm still in awe. I think watching the selflessness and watching them navigating, take care of patients that were critically ill, many of them not making it, you know, I've lived through some very stressful times in my years as an actual staff nurse, you know, 9-11, I was in charge and I had to be put on alert because even in Boston, we thought that we would be getting folks flown in, you know, we had all of our plan and all 
obviously that didn't happen, unfortunately. But I often say to colleagues and to friends, and Jason has heard me say this too, we've never lived through anything like this in our lifetimes. You know, most of us are too young to have lived through some of the other things that our country has gone through. So for me, that has been very inspirational to see how people have persevered and really worked together to take care of these sick people. But what that led me to is more of a determination to have our solutions really come in and help. And I truly believe, as I said to you earlier, you know, it was a wow moment when I came to Hospital IQ because I finally found a group of individuals, a company that understood the industry and understood what we needed to make all these changes and these decisions. So for me right now, based on that inspiration, I just want them to all have us come in and help solve the issues in a way that will help them reach their goals and understand because ultimately, for example, with the staffing tool, I can easily translate all the solutions that we have right back down to patient care. Because if we are understanding the business units, if we have tools that can help us run those business units, we ultimately are going to be delivering you know, much better patient care. So I think if I had that magic wand of saying to you, what can you help me with, Oscar, is tell everyone they need to call us. Tell everyone that they have to come and talk to Hospital IQ. And not to buy us. We want to have the conversation because I think afterwards they'll want to engage us and go on that journey with us. But I think that that is probably my inspiration to where I would like to see it. I really feel so strongly that our solutions are such game-changing solutions for the industry that I want to make sure that everyone has that opportunity because I think it's going to make a big difference in all these valiant people and these organizations that have just been through you know, this COVID time. On the inspiration front, it's pretty simple for me. And uh, Sean, this would resonate with you too, I think. So my wife is a CRNA. Every night that I sit down with dinner, I live I live it, right? I see the good side of it. I see the bad side of it. You know, so it becomes very personal, right? Because you think certainly not a clinician can't do the things that they do every day, but I can make an impact. And my impact just comes in a very different way. The second part at that dinner table, I actually have a nine-year-old daughter. She actually just started her first coding camp at nine years old, which blows my mind. But she's asking me about making apps and making apps that help people and making apps that can do things. And you can see that even at a young age, that people understand that they can change the world if they make the right tools for everyone else. And those are pretty special things. So that keeps me going every day. I love that. And I think it's going to be super inspirational for our community. Sean, Jason, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. producer is Michelle. Carol is our editor. If you like what you heard, please follow, download and subscribe. Thank you for listening to Digisection from the Health Podcast Network.